Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan Kilby, ready to tear apart this episode. <laughs> yes. Um, we are covering episode 12 of Survivor Edge of Extinction. Awkward! <laughs> what a horrible episode title! For a terrible episode, so it works! Uh, I mean, it's true to the episode. It was certainly awkward on many counts in many ways. Yeah, Not like, in a good way. Yeah, spoiler alert for all the uh, listeners. I mean, um, me and you both left this episode in like a, a rage. Like a, yes. uh, like, to me, this is everything wrong with Survivor in an episode, basically. Including, I mean, I'm always low on the family visit. I think it's a waste of time. That's whatever. It's boring and Jeff's awkward. But like, <laughs> literally, it's like, it's when Survivor descends into one character's perspective narrating an entire episode it's nauseating like it's it's so obnoxious yeah i don't come to survivor for like uh like i guess a hero story like one protagonist like it's like a bunch of pieces like moving around at the same time it's like a game of thrones as opposed to like i don't know something else where it's just one person yeah like i don't know it's just like this is supposed to be an ensemble. For me, what appeals to me about Survivor is that's 18 strangers or 20 strangers or whatever uh, from different walks of life learning how to like communicate and play this super sophisticated game. Those two things I really like is like you bring in a different different group of people, so you see how they interact, you see how they work together in this giant mechanism. It's not so fun when it's just like there's someone stagnating it so much, like who's clearly being a dick to everybody constantly. Um, and he does really well, so we see it from his perspective. So it's just like, haha, it's so funny that he's sitting in a group being like, anyone want to work with me? Like, it's just sad. Like, there's too many things to protect this dude. And um, the episode composition was just so bad. It was like, it didn't matter what anyone else thought. It just mattered what Rick thought. Um, and it's the worst case for, for Survivor. Yeah, I think sometimes it can work if, like, the person is actually, like, playing pretty well but there are several times throughout this episode where i was like this is awful play like some of the things rick would say i mean just the fact that like his life literally depended on immunity or an idol and like it was clear to everyone like that's not good yeah like i think there's a lot of takeaways that i'm sure we're gonna dissect here but like i think it's just like almost insulting a way a lot of this stuff happened like rick has a terrible read on the game right like and but it's something that's being rewarded and backed up like literally like rick believes that ron's with him this entire episode like in-game logic is like oh i trust ron he goes mm -hmm. into tribal trusting ron it's like he's not even playing well like it's yeah you're right it's one thing when it's boss and rob like tearing apart the newbies or whatever because it's like look at how stupid these people are um look how great i am that's obnoxious but at least it's obnoxious for like justified reason like i don't mind if someone's cocky and like gets um justified in the episode if it's justified right like boston rob did play circles around those people um like there's countless examples of people actually being in that position tony right like tony's right playing circles around those people it's it's different when it's like i'm on the mid bottom and everyone hates me and i have no connections and i'm not even trying but look how great i am like it's a whole nother level of horrible that's so difficult to palette and watch as a like in try and believe that this is something with a like narrative integrity here yeah i would say it even makes sense when like you have like a russell hance eating up all mm -hmm. the screen time 
like at times he didn't play well, but like he was the literal center of strategy and he was controlling things, even though he wasn't doing it well. Like there are people playing around Rick. Like Rick is a known quantity. Like Rick needs to go because he's a threat, but like there's still six other people out there with three spots in the end. And yeah, like this is honestly like if in like Survivor Samoa, like Brett got all the content or something. You know what I mean? Like, um, and like he just happened to keep winning immunities or like found idols or whatever. Like it's just one of those things where it's just like we're not seeing the perspective of the game players. We're seeing the perspective of the guy who's on the bottom not doing anything. It just to me, it's not captivating at all to watch, especially yeah. with the family visit here that took up like twenty five minutes. Like. I like I think it's a real failing of the season when like it's I think it's a surefire way you can tell whether it's a good season or not is when the family visit comes up if you feel any emotion whatsoever for the people because for this one in particular literally like Lauren would walk up or who's like probably the second most developed character on this season at this point right Lauren goes up to her loved one and I'm like I have no idea what her living situation's like I don't know anything about this person really um so many of these characters are so paper thin that I don't I don't care about their loved one. Like I don't at all. So I'm just sitting there watching like strangers meet people who are even more strangers. Uh so it's just <laughs> there's no incentive whatsoever. You compare that to like last season or even like Mono's version X and like the characters are actually fleshed out. I think it's so easy to forget um that sometimes you do care about these people as actual people. And this season you don't at all. It was just amazing to look at the tribal and be like wow like five of these people are really like disconnected like they don't fit into the stories so Mm -hmm. like and then you have like julie and rick who we've seen a lot of and like otherwise it's just these like five floating people yeah my mom was describing how she really likes the redhead and uh the blonde haired girl like my mom (laughs) watched every episode twice and she can't name the characters like I mean, a little bit of an indictment on my mom, a little bit of an indictment on the episode, but, like, it's just, like, horrible. Like, at this point, like, my friend uh, lovingly refers to this season as, like, narrative wheel of fortune, where it's just, like, spin a wheel, that's what the narrative focus of this episode's gonna be, because, like, I don't know, like, and even, like, listening to, like, RHAP and stuff, like, you hear them be like, this is the most fluid game of Survivor ever. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just, it's being told from the wrong perspective, so it looks that way. Like... Um, yeah it's being told from the perspective of the guy with no agency in the game whatsoever and so they are not developing the relationships of the other people because they don't have to because they don't matter because they don't i'm guessing they don't successfully get a vote off through this entire season like Mm -hmm. i've heard someone i know i've heard a lot of people make the pitch for 90 minute episodes after seeing episodes in this season and i think it really is like a lot of these episodes are just the bare minimum of what you need to like keep the plot going. Mm-hmm. And so like it hurts everything because you can't get like cool filler scenes from people who aren't as relevant as the moment. So yeah, like really like literally like unless you're Rick Devins, if you're irrelevant to the vote that week, you basically get invisible this season. Uh, part of that's because of Edge of Extinction. Part of that's because of like reward challenges all that stuff like that's the stuff that needs to go away and i think the the sad thing is that survivors trending more in the direction of more of those style of things like ghost island or edge of extinction or like whatever whatever what have you like it's just 
every single little thing that takes away from seven minutes of television time is seven is a huge amount of character development that you just mm-hmm. will never see. Um, yeah. And that's just sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there like I think there's nothing sums this up better than this immunity challenge. Um, wow. I, actually, I guess before we get before we get there, do you have any takeaways from the family visit? Because to me, it was just like, okay, Gavin has actually an actual kind of inspiring story here. Um, and then the rest is morose, other than um, like Rick clearly got a lot of focus with his wife. You think so? I sort of came away thinking like, I know it feels like Rick should have got more. Like Rick is, I know he was in this episode but a lot, but like if that's a winning edit, like why is there not more? We'll get to Rick later. But yeah, other than Rick, I thought Gavin's was weird, but like not anything special, I guess. It felt very like, it just feels the same. Like these people are sad because they haven't seen their family, and now <laughs> they get to. Yeah. So. Yeah, like for me, like I like I think that we've noticed a trend anyway in the family visit that basically like whoever like the family visit I think isn't an anomaly where they kind of are like okay just whoever has the best family story is the one who gets to narrate that episode. Like um I think we've seen that a number of seasons at this point. Like Angela got a huge episode during the uh family visit in her season mm-hmm. where it's like like Jeff's breaking down crap like you know what I mean like um. Yeah. I think Gavin just has the most inspiring story there, so that's why he gets the content there. But, like, I mean, there was weird focus constantly on, uh, like, Rick and Becca, where it's, like, they're sitting there talking during the challenge and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, other than that, I felt like it was just a throwaway. Uh, so then that takes me to this immunity challenge, which mm-hmm. was edited in such a bizarre way. And I am I actually haven't had much time this week to look at if our survivor's noticing this, but this that challenge was chopped up so weirdly like you could just tell from where their feet were like at various points they were at, like the wrong one and at least my takeaway from this was Rick dropped immediately and then <laughs> run literally we get like a 2 minute segment at least of them talking afterwards and then run falls and then Jeff says run falls right after Rick and then is like oh so this is this is just willpower just how much you want it like and then <laughs> um they have like a little debate and they're like oh no it's pain and then it's like victoria out of nowhere just falls but then she walks to the bench and is like my legs were shaking so much like that was so brutal we didn't see any of that uh then it's like oh julie just fell like there's no build-up that like normally these challenges have like hype and like it's like oh are they gonna fall and false takes and stuff and every single person who dropped was essentially just edited as Oh, they decided to drop. Um, even Julie, who literally couldn't walk after. Like, that's a horrible. Yeah, it was just, it didn't have the same, like, the typical survivor zoom in, where you, like, zoom in on the challenge, like that two-stage zoom in. Um, they didn't enter the challenge field looking at it. Um, they were just there, and they were like, okay, let's go. Um your point about the footholds, because there's several footholds, but we see them maybe using one set. Um, and then, like, yeah, they were all apparently in, like, can't walk pain, but, like, the challenge was being shown at such a pace that it didn't really feel like it was warranted. Like, I don't know. It's very weird. I agree yeah, like that the it- average challenge like this is, like, an epic narrative scene, right? It's like, can Julie hold on while she literally is in such dire pain? And instead it was just like, ah, Julie announced she was going to drop. How weird. (laughs) There's just no buildup. There's no tension. It was literally like edited, like basically like how 
like if you're doing everything you could to make this as anticlimactic as possible while still showing everybody drop, this is how this challenge is edited. And to me, anyway, the only thing I could read is like, oh, well, Rick did bad in it, so it's not heroic to last long. I think maybe just like with Gavin winning, it's just like, well, Gavin wasn't a target any which way. So like, True. it really doesn't matter. But you're definitely right with how the rest of the episode presented with Rick not doing well. It's like, well, Rick didn't do well, so this doesn't matter. So Yeah, like that's the know. only thing I could see in my mind was like, okay, they don't care because he's not up there. And most of most of the content was him talking from the bench anyway. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that's an ind- indictment of how they felt about how important this challenge was, uh, showing these six other people or whatever going through a grueling, physical, painful experience. They're like, yeah, doesn't matter as much as uh, Rick Weiss cracking from the bench. Like, yeah. All right. Um, so that's basically it. And then we get Rick finding an idol in the middle of the night. Um, which I thought actually that's a pretty funny way, like pretty clever way anyway to hide a, hide an idol, like. We've seen the idol at camp a number of times, but I think this is the first time where there's actually been stakes to it. Like every other time, it's like it's beneath the shelter, and Ben just has to lean over and grab it. Or same with Kelly. This is the first one where it was like, oh wow, like this guy actually could get caught looking for this thing. I thought. I guess so. I don't know. I'm I've seen some arguments that are like idols have been in the game 28 seasons. Why are you angry? But like. I don't know. I just felt like it's weird for us to go so many merge episodes without it being a thing. And then, oh, Rick finds one in a the clue in a random tree. And then, yeah, it's just <laughs> hidden there. So, like, how long was it hidden there? Like, what's going on? So, I mean, I don't 100% agree. Like, I do think, like, I, I for the most part, I do think Survivor has integrity there. Um, like your mileage may vary how much you actually trust the production. I personally do trust the production. The thing for me is it's just, I think players need to get out of the idea that looking for an idol is inherently sketchy. Cause I think that's what the problem is, is people don't look that often. I feel like, because I mean, you always hear like, actually we were looking a lot and all that, but frequently when you, as soon as you see like a public idol hunt, an idol gets found. I feel like once people start seriously looking, it's, they're generally found not that difficultly um so that's probably more what it is that like when somebody knows for sure they're on the bottom and going home more more incentive to actually look for it i guess uh like and i mean props to rick either way whether he whether it's playing production or um just doing well at finding them it's it speaks to something that's still a skill even if it is like cozying up to production so much that uh it's that i personally don't think it's that but yeah i guess i don't think it was rigging per se. It just, it was really strange. I like, I don't know. It wasn't like a big idol search. It was just no one happened to look in that one specific tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the point about like making it common idea to look for idols. I think in the early parts of the game, it's really hard for, cause it's really easy for one person to go. And then the other eight or nine can be like, wow, that person is sketchy and band mm-hmm. together against that and then they never like get over that sort of social rule they've made so like here yep. where it was very vital for the other six to be looking for stuff like that they didn't and that's why i think rick gets away with it and i mean we've seen earlier in the season like julie and victoria don't seem to have that as a priority um but yeah i would agree it's a great thing to look in someone's bag when they're out idol searching but go out and idol search with them 
Yeah, like, I don't know. If I was on Survivor, I, point one would be probably making it clear, at least publicly, like, yeah, like, I don't think there, there's anything wrong with looking for idols, blah, 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 like, trying to just, like, subtly bring that in, because you never know when you're going to have to try and look, um, and I would be confident in my ability to find them, so that's why I would probably enforce the narrative that, hey, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with looking for that. But your mm-hmm. mileage may vary there, who knows. Uh, overall, I thought this episode was very poor. Like, after the immunity challenge, we basically only hear from Rick, and if we're not hearing from Rick, we're just hearing how the countervote forms. Which, mm-hmm. okay, um, Victoria gets a confessional, I guess this is kind of her breakout thing, but for the most part, it was just, look at Rick. Uh, Rick's working while everyone else is sleeping, Rick has everybody tricked, everyone thinks they can just vote the, vote Rick, and Rick really has all the cards. Yeah, and then of course there's Tribal Council, and the jury is just like... Vile. Yeah, like, I didn't like it. Like, not even that they were supporting Rick. Like, I think that's a bad choice, but I think just their, like, very apparent favoritism, like... Yeah, I mean, like, one, if you want Rick to do well and you're on the jury, like, standing up and dancing when he does something is, like, the worst thing you could do for his game, for one. Well, yeah, Uh, that too. (laughs) Second of all, it's super cringy. Like, to me, the number one thing I could think of the entire time was, oh, these people, like, I guess, you know what it is, when, so, okay, so... When you get voted out in regular Survivor, it hurts real bad. You're on Ponderosa. You have time to get over it. Um, and maybe that adds some sort of more mature, like, you think about your game more, like, more introspective. Those people are still in the game. So the, those people are still like, oh, if I come back, I want, like, I want to look good on TV. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still a player. Uh, so they're fighting for camera time over there. Like, like, how sad is it that Julia was, like, Michael Jackson thriller dancing? And you still really only saw her in, like, camera pans. Like, the camera was, like, moving somewhere else, and she's in the background, like, full-on dancing, like, tongue out, like, and she's still in the back corner of the frame, like, so sad. Like, it's just, I think it's embarrassing, personally. Um, It just is. It's just, it's it's such attention-seeking. And it's so filler, too. It it drove me up the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did not, like, I want the jury to be quiet. Same. Like, <laughs> like sit there and be polite like so i don't know i overall i think this was uh this up ep- this is the episode that i feel like is going to start turning people uh that are like you know like i feel like there's a whole thing of like bad survivors still pretty good and those people like line up and generally during the season they really like it i think this is the episode that's going to start turning people uh like triple h was like I remember everyone loved, and then there's a distinct point when all of a sudden everyone started hating it, and I feel like we're now officially in that zone, where I feel like the public perception of the season is going to go into the toilet. <laughs> Do you agree? I think, hmm, I don't know, there's a lot of people out there who aren't like us who love what Rick Devins is doing to this season, um, but I think in addition to Rick becoming who he is now, I think another thing that's helping sync this is like, last episode sort of looked like a beam of light for Lauren, and then this episode was back to standard post-merge Lauren. And so I think those two combined are like, oh, so this is really how the season is, isn't it? So Yeah, I feel like, I have a, yeah, I mean, that's that's the truth. So I guess we'll move here to our story section where, I mean, like, okay, finding the winner is only part of, this, part of the fun, I think. To me, the most fun part is kind of tracking what the season's telling us about the game and all that good stuff. So we'll see if this uh, season is stacking up here with uh, the stories. Uh, a little bit of editorializing. Don't think it is, but 
Uh, we'll get there. Cool. So I'm going to say that we're going to start here with the Mother's Woman Generals uh, discussion that this season's been having. I actually think that this was front and center here. Um, yeah. And talk to me a little bit about this episode and how it's tracking with this theme, because I have a, I have a little bit of a theory here of what, at the end of the season, we're going to be saying this theme actually is. I have a pretty hot take here. Hmm. Okay, so I guess what I saw from it was I know Julie definitely brought it up during her time with her husband, um, just as she literally used the words mother and wife and all those things, talking about who she is and how she's kept strong by it. Um, otherwise, you saw the three other girls, Aurora, Victoria, and Julia, or Lauren, um, come together to make that counter vote plan. So it was slightly there too, but I don't know if I saw any other instances as a parent, but yeah, I would say it was definitely one of the more front and center stories that we've pointed out in this season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I guess for me, my hot take here is that I think this season is going to be the season that a female alliance forms dominates the end game, but still doesn't win. Um, I think this is kind of going to be the story of how the women were able to come together and decide who left every time, but it still wasn't enough to win in the end because Rick was there. It's like why they should have won, but didn't. Hmm. Like this is why the black, like this is like the, the black widow brigade. If, um, like Jonathan Penner won from like final eight on or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what I think we're going to see here. Um, cause it explains so much like the all season we've been tracking that this is a positive theme, but kind of awkward. Like, like it's positive but with like kind of like a backhandedness to it um Mm -hmm. like julie being like like why don't women get respect but then also being like well i don't want to look for idols um i think epitomizes how this theme's been tracking and i feel like it's like competent but missing a key component of winning or whatever like like competent but can't seal the deal i feel like is the theme of uh the female theme going on right now and that makes me really sad but I do think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, I think that's a solid take. If um, a male, I don't want to narrow it down to the one person, but if a man wins, I could see all the girls just can't prevent that one man from winning. So. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be like, I, I really do think that that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see, like, because the, the framing of this episode was literally like Victoria. Victoria goes to Lauren and is like, listen, we've been on other sides, but let's just agree to work together. Like why bother? And then last week we had Julia and Lauren basically doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Julie. Um, And at this point, that's a pattern, right? It's the women realizing that they've been spun against each other and do something about it to take out Rick or another guy. And what actually happens is Rick gets his way or whatever. That's basically how all these episodes have been edited. I think at this point it's a pattern enough that I think it's what we're going to continue to see. So if you're Gavin, I mean, like, (laughs) You better run, you know? Like, I I really do think that's kind of what we're going to see, is these girls stay together, and it's just like, you know what it is? It's Survivor Vanuatu. That's 100% what this is. Um, That's how I see it anyway. It's like, look, the girls are better players, but they can't quite win. No, because I think Chris was a good player who would manage to navigate his way yes. to the end. No, it's, it's modern Survivor Vanuatu. It's Survivor Vanuatu okay. if instead of by, um, like, skill and deception... Chris just uh, like played idols, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's it's almost the exact same edit, right? It's like there's a positive female theme all season, 
but you know these girls are a little kooky aren't they and then by late march it's like oh uh sure this guy's a little bit rough around the edges but he knows the trick he can make them mm-hmm. uh do what he wants this is the this is like the grade three storytelling version of that um of it's like it's not even that the girls are like weird it's just that like they haven't been developed so we're not attached to one of them winning we're like mm-hmm. oh they did good but like one of them winning that'd be so weird i don't know anything about them but yeah and i'm very sad by that but i do think at the very least that this season's had a pretty good uh discussion of kind of gender dynamics and like why things don't work well in the game i'm just sad that that also seemingly is tied to yeah they're still not gonna do well Hmm. i have hope against it still i hope so um (laughs) that's probably good for this one uh next up we have passengers and pilots uh, which is kind of like the premiere uh, one of this season. And it's kind of, I think at this point, very clear that it's about being a passenger early on and then slowly rising to be a pilot of your own kind of ship. You know what it is? It's being a lone wolf is really good, is what it is. Um, huh. I think like I think Julie's quote of like, I'm a passenger on, or I'm a pilot of my own plane, uh, unfortunately is a story meant for Rick Evans. I I guess so. I was sort of reading it as like what you can be a pilot and that can still get you too too high in the air and you're gonna get shot down. I don't know. A lot of what is gonna drive me this episode of the podcast is how does Rick not win? And so I'm like, what are these things that hang up Rick's edit? And I think this is one of them. I think he's still too too out there, but your point about Knowing when to alternate and when to be a lone pilot, it's pretty scary. So, ugh. Yeah, I really hope it's... I hope this is the story of how being a passenger can be beneficial. And too many people burn too bright. And some of these characters in the background get their due, right? Like, I hope it is... I really, like, in case it isn't clear, like, I think Rick Devins is going to win this game. And I really don't want him to win this game. Um, like, I just don't like, but I think it's true. And I, I'm, I, it's one of those moments where I don't want to be right. Uh, but like, I hope it is the story of how like Victoria, Julie and Lauren get to the end because they were able to be in the background. I just don't think, unfortunately, that that is the case. Um, and I do think that this season, this season kind of taken a weird stance on being a passenger or a pilot. It's like, mm-hmm. it's okay to be a passenger as long as one day you are a pilot and everybody has the ability to be a pilot on their own ship and just, like, be a mercenary, basically. Yeah. Uh, That's probably good here. Uh, Next up, we have this theme that's kind of, like, the summary of The Edge of Extinction, which is, like, the what you want to do in a survivor to feel accomplished, uh, whether that's the idea of perfection, some sort of checklist, the experience, which wasn't in here at all other than the family visit, Gavin being, like, the one thing I wanted to do was this, uh, Ron being like, the best day of my life was describing my uh, evilness to my boyfriend, or to my husband. <laughs> yeah. Like, that. that's what this where this came up, and like, at this point this is the kiss of death, right? The minute you uh, accomplish your checklist, your time's up. Yeah, I think so. Um, we did, like, Rick Devins early on in the season talk about this, but I guess he hasn't completed his checklist yet, because I think one of those things was winning the game. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Yeah, otherwise, you said something about an edge of extinction, but I don't know what that is, so... Yeah, sorry, <laughs> what's edge of extinction? <laughs> oh, it's the thing that um Ron said that he was going to send Rick to. Oh, oh so this is like getting voted out. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's a turn of phrase for getting voted out. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like the one time Rick did mention this, it was a couple episodes back where he said, uh, "When I first was playing this game, I wanted to play a loyal game, but then I got voted out, and now I'm back here to play a game for me. I'm gonna play a selfish game. That's what I want to do in my game of Survivor, my second chance." He even reaffirms that in this episode that this is his second chance. He's a returning player. Um, I like he's his checklist now is getting to the end. <laughs> it's horrifying. And, like, how sad is it? Like, what can we even talk about with other people? Like, I mean, Gavin really wanted to uh, get his wife out there. I think that was really adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he just voted out Ron anyway with his extra vote, which was hilarious. But, um, yeah, I don't know what to even say about anyone else here because we don't know what these people care about, right? Like, I I guess we have very little glimpses of it with Victoria saying she's been watching since forever so she gets to play i think julie said something similar but like yeah it's it doesn't feel like a winner's thing necessarily like yeah and i mean like maybe it is a good thing like if you bridge this out a little bit like victoria being like well why would i let ron decide who goes home that's stupid um i guess that's kind of the thing is like i've been a fan way too long to just let somebody else decide who goes home i think that's pretty clever i guess um and it's clearly a theme, right? Like, there's clearly this idea of, like, wanting to play the perfect game, but being interrupted by something, by some outside force. And, unfortunately, it's Rick Devins. Ugh. Like, he was insufferable in this episode. I'm sure we're, we're going to talk a lot about him. It just, yeah. It's just so sad that, like, at this point, like, this is very, like, Survivor Triple H E or even Survivor Worlds Apart E, where, like, every story is Rick's story. Like, or it's about... Or it's a story about somebody else against Rick. Like, there's not really a... You know what I mean? Like, there's... It's, yeah, it's well, unfortunate. And this might be tangential, but, like, Worlds Apart, like, I think that's the best time that's happened because all of the other, like, final seven were shown as, like, evil in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, they were literally called the Axis of Evil. And, like, they got sometimes negative edits. So you're like, yeah, I guess this isn't great that... Mike is winning, but, like, these other people are awful. So, Mm. like... And then that's where Triple H kind of fell down, is that you had people like Devin or Chrissy who didn't have the worst edits, and you were like, but these people are great, and they could have easily won this game. But Mm. it feels like they never had a chance. So, yeah, I think that's what's happening here if Rick wins. If Rick wins. If, yeah, big if, big if. Um, Yeah, I agree. Like, I think that's the thing, is, like, for whatever reason... In Ghost Island and in this season, they took the approach of, like, I think Worlds Apart, you're right, is the most successful one, where it's like, yeah, you just edit all the negative qualities of the entire everybody else, and then makes this beacon of hope that just rides its way to the end. I think that actually works. Like, it's a little bit of an oversimple story. Some people don't like Worlds Apart. I actually think the narrative works pretty well in that season. It's like, I think it's great, but it's, like, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like, this season, I think where it falls apart is... I think they've opted instead of showing their negative sides to just make them generic. So it's Rick, this three-dimensional character against these like non-playable characters. Like it's like um, we're in an RPG and it's just like uh, like a role-playing game, uh, and Rick's the protagonist, and everybody else is just like they have their two button commands that they can say. They can say like, "Hey, I'm the shopkeeper. Want to buy bread?" or "You look nice today." And that's it. Like they have no. Like, they have no character traits other than like they, they have the two things they can do and that's it um that's <laughs> kind of how tell I you lauren can tell you what the temperature is yeah lauren can tell the temperature and, um <laughs> and not play idols that's her two um 
Yep. Like her two actions. <laughs> Rick can do anything. Rick can climb trees. Rick can uh, call people in public. Rick can be a passenger. Rick can do anything. Rick yeah. can make a challenge not matter. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. We'll move here to Kumbaya Survivor versus Gameplay Survivor. Um, I mean, I guess the, the, only, the main thing here in this episode would be Victoria being the voice of Gameplay Survivor again, being like, no, like we're not going to just let Rick decide who goes home. That's insane. Like, like <laughs> this isn't yeah. a cult. Like, I'm going to pick. That's really mm-hmm. where this uh, comes in, and maybe even Ron bragging, right, like, to his husband, like, that fits in here, but not anything else, really. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of this was just so Rick-centric that you didn't see a lot of stories. And, like, I mean, it's pretty worked pretty close to the end, so a lot of these stories are hitting their ends, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, at this point, like, I mean, obviously, this was literally the theme of, like, the swap, like, the pre-merge tribe, so, like, mm-hmm. makes sense that it's hard to tell now. I do think it's still around, and, like, it's kind of informing what... Like, my mom left this episode literally being like, Rick Devins is a great player um, because of these <laughs> themes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I think these will inform Final Tribal Council for sure. So Yes. And, like, just kind of, like, how people view the game. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's the thing, like, as a brief tangent, like, in Korong, like, the reason, to me anyway, it was super obvious Michelle would win is that that season was all about social game. Like, when someone did bad, like, someone, someone got a negative episode, it's because they had a bad social game. Like, social game was so overemphasized. Whereas, like, in other seats, like, like, that's kind of how you inform, like, what they're saying is good play, because, like, if Michelle lost the jury vote, they wouldn't have put in all these themes of, like, the importance of being social and giving back rubs and all that stuff, right? Instead, right. it would have been, like, hard strategy wins no matter what. Like, it's a cold world out there. Cut anybody. Mm-hmm. Um... And, like, you literally see, like, in different seasons, like, different things be the right thing. Like, uh, like, like the best example is, like, um, like, Jeremy gets a lot of credit for, like, sharing the immunity idol and telling people about it. And then, in, like, three seasons later, it's, like, the worst thing you could ever do. Like, like it's an entire season about, like, like, they use Cole and Triple H as a whipping boy for telling people about things. Like, like mm-hmm. Survivor Triple H is a season all about keep things to yourself and don't care about other people. Like, just care about yourself. Just care about what you're doing. And that's it. Very individualistic. Uh, whereas, like, other seasons are very much about, like, oh, it's the, about the group and the collective. And, um, like, because there is no universal way to play Survivor. Uh, it's inherently skewed from a lens. And that lens is basically what we're tracking here. Yeah. Different people can win in different ways, theoretically. <laughs> yeah. And they need, um, a, they need a convincing way to tell that yeah. story, right? Like, and like yeah, no, need... two, no two people's story is ever going to be the same. Like, Mm-hmm. Cause like if it like like literally like like the people who don't like I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast and a lot of people who listen to Survivor podcasts who are on Survivor Reddit understand Survivor strategy to a point where they can inform decisions separate from the edit. But like a lot of people don't. Like most people do not know what the right move would be in most situations, so they have to do a lot of thematic storytelling in order to like be like, hey, casual audience, you're supposed to cheer for Aubrey or uh, like um, try to say Parvati, but I said Aubrey like. <laughs> That's why she won, because flirting and being a woman and tricking men is the best way to win Survivor in that season. But sometimes people get criticized for that at the end or whatever. So yeah, uh, that's the uh, distinction there. Speaking of which, we have separating the game and strategy from emotions and personal relationships. Victoria still defining this theme. Uh, I mean, Gavin was there in some way because he was like, yeah, Ron just gave me the best of my life, but... Then he voted him out for it. So 
Yeah, then... I mean, this one popped up a huge amount. Like, you had uh, Julie being, like, Julie still is getting content of, oh my god, I feel so bad for Rick. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's clear characters who are willing to cut that tie. There's clear characters who aren't. It's clearly the debate of this season. Mm-hmm. And this is my one hope, is that maybe Ron's on the wrong side of this and loses in the end. Like, and maybe Julie's getting points here for uh, being sympathetic. Or, sorry, empathetic, right? Like, she was empathetic to Ron, or, uh, Rick's situation. So hopefully, maybe that actually does buy her some credibility. I hope I so. I fear it doesn't, but... It's hard to see, but I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move here to unpredictability, always on the edge of being voted out. Like, Rick Devins literally said, while everyone else is sleeping, I'm out here working. Woo. He knew he was on the edge of being voted out, so he did something about it. He worked hard to get there. Uh, it was even prefaced by Ron literally using the words, I'm going to send him to Edge of Extinction. So, yeah. yeah, sort of. Especially now that Rick really is in that position where it's like, he needs immunity or he goes home. Like, very mm-hmm. blatantly. Yeah. Like, I'm actually kind of surprised that, like, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that like, we caught this theme, like, episode one. Like, this is what Jeff... This this actually stems from Jeff's initial speech, right? I'm mm-hmm. disappointed yeah. that we didn't realize that this is totally going to be a Mike Holloway story. Because... Well, I think right? that's like, okay. It makes, it makes sense, right? Like, it's... Well, what's the story of the person who ends up doing really well, who's always on the edge of being voted out? Well, it's it's the Ben Dreeberg, and it's the, it's the Mike Holloway. That's another way to reframe that narrative. I think we're at a point where there were so many big players left in the game and like lots of ways to see lots of them make the end. Like the way it sort of melted away to just Rick and the rest. Like, I don't think we could have seen that coming, but I now agree. it makes sense. So yeah, like tw- hindsight's obviously 2020 here, but like, like I think we kind of viewed it the wrong way. Like I think we viewed like an underdog was going to win. I think we correctly identified that. Right. That's true. Um, I think we just took it's the just, wrong style of underdog. Yeah, I think we want it to be what we see as an underdog, which is with our, like, edit. Like, we're very informed as to how the show is edited, so we can be like, oh, like, Aurora is, like, the prime underdog here. And yeah. we're like, but, like, what we meant was, like, oh, Julie is kind of underdog, um, Victoria and all that, but, like... The show is very blatantly like, look at this one person who could be voted out if they don't have immunity. Mm-hmm. And that is like the real definition of an underdog. So, yep. yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like, I really do think that like the writing really was here on the wall, basically from Jeff's initial speech that like, oh, this is this is going to be a season where the people who do well, good gameplay is being pushed against the wall and doing something about it. Right. Like it. that's what the season has been about of like that's the ultimate strategy right like uh when you're in trouble you like there's nothing wrong with almost being voted out as long as you don't get voted out or if you do get voted out that there's a way to come back mm-hmm. so um yeah that's that's that theme and it's shocking how uh, on point it really is like all these themes honestly like i think we actually did a i guess that speaks some positives to the season right like at least these themes do stick around but like it's in a very haphazard way, right? Like yeah. it's, um, they pop up now and then they vanish and then they pop back up. Like it just depends on what episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no real consistent threads, other than like it seems like they edited this from a very top-down view. Um, that's a little bit disappointing. Um, I, I think we're always calling for more nuanced stories here, 
and I guess I'm a little disappointed that this this story in particular, this I, it's good to be on the edge of being voted out, is so on the nose. When you say edited top down, what do you mean? Like, I think this really was just viewed as like, okay, so what's our end game? We're gonna assign things from there. Um, okay. Whereas okay. I don't think that's all seasons, right? Like, I think oftentimes you see major stories just vanish halfway through. Like, and this one actually, like the new player versus old player, obviously vanished. Um, mm-hmm. But I think generally you see that more often. Like, um, again, a great example is Survivor Triple H, actually, where there's a lot of thematic storytelling about like why it's dumb to be loyal. Um, like Desi was the victim of that story, right? Like she mm-hmm. stuck by Joe or yeah, she stuck by Joe. Uh, and then later like is punished for that as the, as the merge boot or whatever it was second merge boot or whatever. Um, I think that's the thing is like, I, I don't think there's a much care for a lot of people's individual stories. Yeah. It was like, okay, what's the end game look like? Let's go from there. So, mm-hmm. um, do you have any thoughts here on the overall story before we move on? Nope. And cool. I should say we took off like new player versus old player. Cause like all the old players are like somewhere. I, I don't know where they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Something it's actually hilarious. Missing. <laughs> the one thing that's kind of funny, I guess, is that Rick did refer to himself. as like a second time player. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, if that, if I there's don't... any positivity in that theme at all, which I don't really, think there is, I think me just kind of uh English teaching it up right now. But mm-hmm. like, if there's anything, that's also good for Rick. So, yep. Uh, that's unfortunate, but that's our story of the seasons. Uh, I think this is always a great way to kind of inform whether the season's actually tracking pretty well. Unfortunately, I don't think this one is. But <laughs> hopefully, you guys are all enjoying it. Um, I still enjoy talking about it and thinking about it. I just, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's like an, another season that's not going the way I want, and I'm angry. So yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like I think it's no secret that we don't super love this like uh like uh one person like I'm a strategy nerd, you know what I mean? Like I think you're different than me. Like I want fun, innovative strategy. And this like this kind of person, this like Rick Devins, anything like that, inherently just negates it so much. Like, um like I guess we get to see fun stuff like the like the play butt from Victoria here, like kind of like weird defensive gameplay, but like you can't really plan too far ahead when there's somebody like this in the game who's just good, clearly going to win the jury because the jury's dancing when he does anything, um, mm-hmm. but is unvotable. Like, it just really makes the whole calculus of the game very tricky to even ponder. Um, and that's my biggest problem with it. I, and also that his, his confessionals are very obnoxious, but that's a set. Yeah, point. that's, I think, the part that gets me. It's like, because there was a point where I was a fan of Rick Devins. I was like, this is a cool guy to win. Kind of not like stereotypical alpha male, alpha male winner. But then like, even though everything is saying he's an underdog, like to me, he looks like an overdog. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't like this. I don't like the way he's treating people and situations. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most interesting part, A, is like, I think that's the distinction between people who view the, like, analyze the edit and people who don't because to me it's really hard for me to consider rick as an underdog because i'm like well his edit's better than everybody else's so mm-hmm. is he an underdog uh, uh, yes he is because he is like his back is against the wall um it just i i my biggest problem like i do find him annoying now basically this episode was the first time i really found him annoying yeah like my problem is that he stifles the gameplay because i am a strategy nerd you're more of a character person so now he's kind of rubbing us both around 
this uh, really horrible combo where I think we we're, we both are very uh, not big fans of this man. Yeah, I think that's what really gets me about these types is they always get themselves into this position. It's never like the last person of an alliance just has to yeah. run out to the end. It's like Mike tried to take that advantage and like then everyone hated him when he was in that alliance before. Um yeah, and, Ben flipped on the Chrissy Ryan group, and then like, and then Rick had like all these opportunities to keep like other threats in there, but like I mean, like, even uh, more than that, right? Like he turned down the War Dog offer at the merge. Yeah, like, aha, just kidding. I'd rather do anything but that, and then he's a, in the minority for the rest of the time. Like it's their own. Like that's the worst part is it's like you're not an underdog if you put yourself in that spot for no reason. Because yes. <laughs> That's what gets me. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Like, there, there's nothing worse than Mike literally just like being like, "Well, I don't like the majority anymore, so I'm gonna flip <laughs> to Haley and Jen, and that's it. Like, and I'm still gonna Haley, win." Haley, Jen, and Shireen. When it's too late, I don't have the numbers, and then he still wins. Like, yeah, at least he's the most likable of these three. Yeah, the happy dance. Like, I never thought that there would be a day for me that I'm like, "Wow, Mike Holloway is a winner." I I prefer in this archetype to two other <laughs> recent winners. Like, mm. I guess like this brief tangent before we move on here, because we really don't have that much individually to talk about these people, I don't think. But well, and we're we're gonna miss the whole segment, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna miss the entire segment, so we have a little bit more luxury here. Um, like, I think the most bizarre thing here is like I remember watching season thirty, and I remember being like, "Wow, like, okay, I don't love this." But it's a novelty. I don't think we'll ever see a season like this again. I don't think anybody else yeah. is ever gonna, like, just the strategy of the game isn't gonna matter because they win all these challenges and have an idol or whatever. Like, this is an anomaly. But now it's two, what, three years later? And there's been, I mean, if if Rick wins, there's two more now in that exact same archetype. Yeah. Exact same story of Ben sucks at challenges, but it doesn't matter because he finds three idols and plays them immediately. Um, and then fire making. So it's the same track, right? It's like mm-hmm. they put themselves in the minority and they just, it doesn't matter. Um, and I guess to me, it's just such a bizarre thing. Like if I were to time travel and go back and tell my former self, like, Hey, this is going to happen two more times in the next three years. Like, <laughs> I don't think I would have believed me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they all started on blue tribes. Whoa. Yeah. And it, like, it seemed impossible at the time, right? Like, like, cause like Mike isn't even like a built person. It was just like, oh, well, like somehow throughout this game, all the big physical dudes just got voted out. Joey Amazing and all them, and so Mike was the only one left. So, what a strange series of circumstances that had to occur for this to be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's shown that like you don't even have to be good at challenges. You don't even have to be gifted. You don't even have to be anything. Ben can do it, right? Like, um, it just uh, I guess it's a little disheartening that this is becoming a at this point a trend. Yeah. And especially, like, I think the weirdest thing is, like, Rick Devin's preseason. I don't think we ever would have predicted that this could be his arc. Like, mm-hmm. like he's, like, the chubby nerd character who is now just the... He's he's Mike. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Hard to stomach. Anyways, let's move on here to actually talk about the season. So, I think the most stunning thing about this episode... Like, initially, I wanted to talk about how there's no recap, but... I think the more pressing, um, and I mean, obviously, a couple times this season's not had a recap, but I think but, the other times it was more explainable. Yeah. This time, it was a little weird, but you know what? I get it. There's the family visit, all that. Mm-hmm. The thing that really is weird, Edge of Extinction, everybody on it was invisible in this episode. 
Like, straight up invisible. Yeah. Like, we talked about that last episode, and I sure did give them UTR ones, but you have my blessing to give them all invisibles because there wasn't a scene. No, there wasn't. I think Chris said wow once at Tribal Council. We saw Julia dancing, and of course, we get input from Reem on the latest boot, but uh, otherwise, yeah, Edge of Extinction. Where'd you go? Yeah, it's, you know what it is? It's honestly like they listened to our podcast last week, saw the debate, saw the uh, struggle between all the people on the Edric internet. Like, oh, like they, they're they not using invisible ratings. Like, we're going to make sure that they start using invisible ratings by, like, now instead of just Reem being, like, walking by the camera and it being a debate, now it's just like, oh, she just wasn't there. There's no segment. None of them are there. Yeah. You're still going to do UTR1? Still going to do UTR1? Uh, it was like a challenge. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, like, weird time for it to happen. Like, we're near the end. There's presumably one of them is coming back. Like, I don't know. It was bizarre. I guess to me at this point, it made me like, okay, none of these people are coming back probably. Right? Like, like they're, the person's coming back. I guess now it wasn't in the next time on Survivor. So they're coming back at the final five. I think right? so. Unless they're coming back next episode. But the, I feel like they would advertise that in the next time on. Hmm. Unless they Maybe. don't want blowback. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess to me, I'm assuming now that they're coming back at the five, which I guess to me means that none of these people probably are coming back. If like, like War Dog went to Edge of Extinction and got invisibled. Mm-hmm. Like, what a horrible indictment for his any percent chance he had right like yeah. just gone <laughs> like, i think maybe this is a take but i think rick's episode here feels like it could be good for david coming back i think because i yeah, think it's such a big episode for rick and if i'm looking for ways that don't result in rick winning i think david could come back and the prophecy fulfills itself as David voting out Rick mm-hmm. at the final four or five, I guess five. So yeah, like that's really the one hope here is that like, that's why this happened. I do think it's so bizarre, but yeah, like it, if it could be the, like the reverse um, prophecy yeah. there. So I guess that is a factor. Mm-hmm. So that's good to know. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is there I, anything else about edge of extinction? No, nothing happened on it. So yeah, it, like it straight up didn't matter. So um, we'll see. They were in the next time. So mm-hmm. we'll see where from there yeah so that's basically it and like i guess they're coming back at five which is like horrible um i guess for me i really think it's at this point david or rick rick's next so that's a mm-hmm. bad thing but yeah that's edge of extinction uh so i guess with that said i mean i don't think we have anything else to say about edge of extinction here uh but you just said that like you have some spicy takes about some of these people so uh i mean let's get into it because i mean Obviously, I'm a little bit less spicy than you right now, but we'll see uh, if we have any ingredients here. So, yeah, uh, the bad att- a lot like not to interrupt, but like a lot of what I've read is like people are sort of looking for any alternative other than the obvious one. So, yeah, and- I'm 100 percent here for any uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories, conjecture, anything that isn't the uh, very likely scenario of a Ben Dreamberger style run here. Uh, I'm really rooting for any of these jokers other than Rick right now. Uh, I truly find him like insufferable. Uh, and so, I mean, the Vata tribes basically just turned into the story of Rick and the other people. Um, 
with some like key bonds, I guess, forming of Victoria, Lauren, Aurora. I guess we'll talk right now through everybody and see it, are there any storylines even left for these people. Uh, so we'll start here with Aurora, who actually had a pretty okay episode, I guess I would say. Like, uh, she gives away the advantage, and I think that was actually very good forward thinking. Um, very yeah, clever. Very, very well spoken out. Like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that could happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the kind of thing that I guess, like, if you're there all day, like 24 hours a day for 39 days, like, you probably will think about that kind of stuff. And just as a casual home viewer, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, yeah, props to Aurora there. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was a great episode for her like edit wise but like what is a great episode for aurora at this point i just ended up liking aurora so much more because like she's super against rick and like yeah everything she does and it's amazing so yeah i mean i guess this is the first time really that they haven't like gone out of their way to try and embarrass aurora yeah so i mean under that lens i think you could say like this is a positive thing for aurora but uh i mean it's so hard to say with the bag search, do you feel like Aurora came off bad in that? Yes. Yeah, she definitely okay. did. She definitely did. Uh, and I guess that was actually most of her content. So I'm actually walking back the idea that this was also meant to embarrass her, but I think less so. Like, I don't know. It I was think, like, I don't know. I feel like it's up in there. It's hard for us to judge because we're very anti-Rick and like, we're very happy to see this happen. But I think even then, the show wasn't necessarily like, Aurora's in the wrong here. Like, she's just doing, like, the thing to do. Yeah, it wasn't like, it it didn't dig into her, but I still think it was like, look at this, like, slime ball kind of thing. Um, But I think more importantly, it was shedding light on how awkward she is. Like, I know that's the Mm -hmm. episode title, but, like, like, she kind of came off like a, like, if you, like, I, I used to, like, be like a camp counselor for like younger children like when they get caught with something they very much get into like oh, what no like nothing like pfft, like nothing's awkward here like what do you mean like what do you mean like yeah and that's kind of how she was coming off like like, like a child um which i mean i think it was a very bad look like i i was on her side and i was like oh like <laughs> not a good look yeah um as for aurora winning like would love to see it, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, like, let's be, be realistic. Like, this isn't somebody who is gonna win, but I do think that now, I, like, she very well could make it all the way. Yeah, I think so. I feel like she's a great contender for, like, third place losing finalist. Yeah, at this point, I agree, and I guess they just opted to invisible her, basically, for, I don't know, like, make the audience not like her too much, I guess. Um, I don't know. Or I guess she she's does. a fire-making loser. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the game, it seems like she's the GOAT, right? Like, it seems like everybody views her as the GOAT. Um, so it's probably just one of those weird things where they just... It's hard to tell the story, like, why somebody just isn't likable enough to win or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, I, I still think her story's been botched, like I do. Um... And I'm not super happy with it. Like, I think she could probably be a lot more entertaining. Like, recently she's been good, but I feel like the foundation wasn't there to really support yeah. her. Like, it still feels like she's coming out of nowhere because I still feel like she isn't, like, introduced. Mm-hmm. I think early on we were like, oh, Aurora is, like, not a good content generator. So, like, that's why she's getting no edit. But now I see, like, scenes that I really like from Aurora. So. 
I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get a consistent narrative from Aurora where she's like, oh, my returnee allies are leaving. What do I do now? And just more from her. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, is that she's probably like a relatively competent player who just never really like it honestly probably is just slightly too awkward or like socially unlikable to win. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I think they just, they can't really show her being like a strong narrator throughout. Like, I feel like if every episode was her like having pretty sharp reads on like, this is how she's vote stealing stuff. Like, I think that shows that she does have some game prowess to her. So, uh, yeah. like I guess I get the desire to make her less visible, but not really. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else to say about Aurora? Cause I actually have a lot to say about this next person and yeah, cool. 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 Yeah. So let me bring you back a couple weeks. I mean, maybe a month or two. I don't know how long this has really been. I guess it's been like been a decent amount of time. Like week two, week three of this season, when the entire internet was like, well, Gavin's obviously going to win, right? Um, Like, yeah, edge, like our edge, unspoiled everywhere. It's just the most obvious Gavin win of all time. And then he went invisible basically until the merge. And since the merge, he's emerged as like a big character. Um, and I think this episode was very, very good for him in a vacuum. Like, he got, um, like, winner quotes all over the place. He has them still from early on. Uh, he still continues to basically just speak in winner quotes. Uh, we get to meet his wife. He has this inspiring story. Uh, we get to see him weighing the pros and cons of voting out Ron. Like, this was just a really great episode for him, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of it. Like, I really don't. Like, why did yeah. they just all of a sudden give this guy a great edit out of nowhere after invisibling him for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven episodes? Why did they do that? I don't know. Um, it's sloppy, but I'm kind of thinking, like, he might be my number two, honestly. Like, maybe he's just <laughs> so boring that they gave him nothing in the pre-merge after, like, two episodes. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think we see this edit sometimes where it's like, the person who looks like a winner contender early on until they like really can't keep up with the pace of the edit they need. Like I think back to like a Davy or like mm-hmm. Davy had good content, but it wouldn't like match where you need content like at the swap or elsewhere. So Gavin's weird in that he has content in good places, but otherwise there's not enough. Like he's not being featured in just like regular episodes enough. Yeah, like, honestly, like, if Gavin honestly got, like, a good episode five or something, I think he'd be my number one contender. Like, the problem is there's too many episodes in a row where he's just not there, like, at all, in any meaningful way. Um, it makes it really hard to consider him. But, like, if you literally just take, like, the first three episodes, the swap episode, and from the merge, I feel like he looks like the winner. There's just, like, four terrible episodes in there that, like, I Yeah, I, don't know. I think I think one thing you can say is... If another, if two um, sort of kinder, strategic Southern boys who have a sympathetic story win in a row, like, do you give them, like, opposite edits? Right. And so, I mean, I can see it. I'm not going to put Gavin on my list, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think at this point, I would put Gavin above Julie, who I think at this uh... point is just a losing finalist, whereas I do think that Gavin actually has some win upside here. Um, yeah. But, like, Gavin's also more likely to get voted out next. But, like, I feel like we've been saying that for a while. I really did think that he was going to leave here. Um, the fact that he didn't is interesting because, like, he still has that connection with Eric that, I mean, like, if he's getting voted out next is not going to matter 
which I mean, with this season, Wheel of Fortune uh, storyline thread. So maybe maybe he just never connects with Eric ever again. But to me, that seems a little unlikely. And if it does, then oh my god, what a what great storytelling CBS. Um, but like, I guess I just don't see him leaving next week because it just doesn't seem to make sense. So like, unless it's just like they're gonna have a f- interesting reunion if Eric comes back, then I don't really get what's going on here. Like, why was like Gavin randomly put with Kelly Wentworth for an episode. Like it feels like they have been trying to intentionally let us know what Gavin's thinking all the time, which is pretty good for him. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it's just that Rick for me is so far away from every, like far ahead of everybody that I'm looking at anybody else that could be Mm -hmm. viable. And I, I do think Gavin is probably next because I think this probably like I feel like there's a lot of people being compared to like Sophie and like those kind of people in this season. I actually think there's no one more similar to that edit than Gavin, who like really it, it is kind of an almost consistent edit. Like I don't know, what do you think? Um, going back to like Gavin versus Julie. I mean, we'll talk about Julie after this, but I get I feel like Gavin is more like of a contender in a final tribal council, but his edit is still below Julie's for me. Like Julie's just has the content for her to make sense as a winner where Gavin has really fallen to the background, like too much. Um, But yeah, I, I see it. And like, I think you're right that like with Rick sort of soaking up all the attention, like you want to look at people like this and see, especially cause like, it's so, it feels so obvious that Rick is winning. So, like, not only can these other people win, but what are they doing in the story? Like, why mm-hmm. are some of these people getting these weird, quieter, but yet all different edits? Like, Gavin and Aurora both have quiet edits, but they're very different. And Aurora's you can sort of see, but, like, Gavin's is more of a mystery. I mean, mm-hmm. there's the sort of finale boot who's likable but just goes... He fits into that, but yeah, like let's be real. Like this could be Doctor Mike. Like this very easily could be Doctor Mike, mm-hmm. which is like, oh well, he has to go because he's likable, and that's like what they've tried to show with Gavin. Like I think that's very possible. And there is like that's like th- shout out to uh, the listener who realized that I meant entitled last week when we were talking about Gavin. Yeah, like, Gavin's character trait is that he is entitled. He views himself as just deserving of things uh that is a character trait associated with gavin which is actually very bad like for his chances i just none of these other ones look particularly good to me um but you know what like i i don't know i i wish gavin got more content because i think he would be the fun edric trap here like if he did to get more and i'm always disappointed when they drop the ball on that like i almost wouldn't be surprised if they put him in like gave him those, like, amazing early episodes specifically to have him in contention kind of thing with a lot of people. Um, sure. But, uh, like, that's the problem is, like, subconsciously, he falls to the back, and then, boom, he's really not that viable at all. Um, so I guess, yeah, probably, like, sixth place in the finale is probably the most likely for Gavin. Um, and this guy is really boring, I think. Uh, so I actually, like, that's the one thing holding him up for me is, like, He's got a great premiere. He's got good content in the right spots. And he has, like, no charisma whatsoever. So, like, mm-hmm. I do get if he was going to win. Like, maybe they do just kind of give him the bare necessities. Like, like literally just the Sophie. Like, look, yeah. he's likable. He's, uh, he's a super fan. He knows how to play the game. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Uh, peace out. Like, it's like um, 
he's somehow southern but like monotone southern yeah like it's very strange um but yeah i think that's pretty spot on for gavin like you could he doesn't really have that charisma so you can give him this sort of bare minimum stuff and then be like well we had these other characters to work with so Mm -hmm. but gavin's still kind of a good winner right right yeah like no one's gonna be like wow like this terrible it's like okay he's He's the definition of the middle of the pack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I guess normally they do try to overjustify these people. Like, when there is like a mediocre winner, I guess when you really think about it, like, generally they're overjustifying how good they were. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I was probably not the winner, but like, you know, we're trying our best here. Sure. Um, <laughs> if you compare to Nick, like. Nick was over edited, and then I think people look back at that season and are like, "Oh, Angelina, Christian, Gabby." Like no one remembers Nick, so it's like, "Oh yeah, I had a conversation with my mom today who loves last season, and she was she literally couldn't name who won last season. Like <laughs> she could name like the the entire boot order, but like was like who all oh, the layer guy, right? Yeah. I didn't like him much. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, poor Gavin. Like, I mean. Props to him for making it this far. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the more I think about it, like the more I think, like we're gonna get the reason he's getting this positive stuff is that he's gonna get voted out for like having a good story. Yeah, because I think he makes it to the end. He wins unless he's like up against Rick, which I don't see. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, but like, why do we have so much weird content about his hometown? Like. <laughs> Like it's such a JT edit thing, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like also like a Donathan thing. Yeah, I guess. Maybe they just are that fascinated by somebody who comes from a small town. Or yes. a Davy thing. Like Yeah, you're right. You're like right. These likable southern people. <laughs> but he's gonna get them stoplights. Uh, <laughs> if I won a million dollars, I would not get my small town more stoplights. Like we don't yeah, who need wants... the ones we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I agree. I agree. It's like you might want to build like a infrastructure or uh, a nice like a community mall. center. Yeah, community center that will bring more people. So then the you know wrong priorities, Gavin. But whatever. Uh, that's probably good for Gavin here. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm sure I'm gonna just be like, I think this next person is probably number two then because um, where else do you go? Yeah, like I don't know. This is a tricky season where I feel like it's one person and then. Five underdeveloped people, but I guess the the next most developed person is Julie, who yes. is a really fun character. Um, I love her. She's really charming. She's smart. She clearly gets the game. Uh, and this was like, I mean, I think this episode was actually terrible for her, just for the one specific reason of she lasted until she literally couldn't stand in a challenge, and the edit did not give a shit at all. Um, I don't think so. I mean, that challenge was weird, but like we saw her like fall. And like hurting, and then Ron came over and scooped her up, and it was very almost romantic. But they're both married. <laughs> so. I think that just I think they showed like I think that always gets showed, and I think they showed it in the least uh, meaningful light they could hmm. to me, anyway. Um, but other than that, this was a good episode. Like, yeah, it was quiet. Which I saw someone look at last season's contenders and their quiet episodes, and. Like Nick did have those quiet episode. That quiet episode when Carl went home, mm-hmm. and Julie's had that when her allies have gone home for the most part. Like when 
Eric went home. Now when Ron went home, Kelly, not so much, but it wasn't terrible. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think the biggest issue is, or has always been for Julie, like she's an obvious final tribal council loser. And like right now the edit isn't tearing that down. If anything, it's building it up. It's like, Oh, like in this episode. Yeah. In this episode, again, we get a reinforcement of the theme of Julie being like, Oh, I would feel so bad for Rick. Hmm. Is that like, such a bad thing, though? Like, <sighs> I would think personally, no. Game wise, I think that I think they're I think they're trying to set her up as Dawn. You know what I mean? Like, this is she's too emotional to factor in the game. And honestly, maybe she makes a mistake. Maybe she lets. Maybe we're all tracking the Ben Drebergen run, but maybe Rick doesn't go on that. Maybe he does survive a vote. And it's because of Julie. I could see that being very possible. Hmm. Like, they've really set up a fatal flaw for her of just, like, hyper-emotionality, too empathetic to other people. Maybe that's the... Maybe that's what happens. Maybe Rick doesn't Ben Dreberg in this. He doesn't Mike Holloway it. He does for the most part, but Julie hands him the win or something like that. Like, maybe that's what we see. I don't know. I think it's debatable, almost, how much Julie is, like emotional i guess or like how badly that's portrayed Mm -hmm. like there are so many ways you could make her like more mixed tone as opposed to pretty much positive like i agree with that there was that one tribal council but the jeff probes was like oh we all get where you're coming from so i don't know i still feel like this is this is julie season like something Something feels wrong about Rick other than just the character he is. And I don't know. I don't want to believe it's Rick, maybe. Yeah. I think I'm going to back Julie. Because, like, I guess I get it. Like, if Rick comes fourth place, like, if Rick's Aussie in South Pacific, like, then Julie... Julie's a lot more like Sophie, I feel like, than anybody else. Truthfully, like, I don't know. Like, it's... I think it's just interesting because the jury is so Rick... Favorite. Yeah, like what happens so when right he's now, not there? Like, does Rick transfer that to whoever? Like, is Rick the kingmaker then? And is like, oh well, Julie was like my friend at the merge. Oh, that sounds really like good. So like, if Rick goes, like, I feel like that's really good for Julie. I mean, I guess another question here is so an obvious plot thread that she's um, developed here is when Rick came back in the game, she said, "I'm not voting him. I'm not voting somebody right when they come back." Mm-hmm. Is that going to happen again? Is she going to be refused to vote the Edge of Extinction person out? No, I don't think so. I think she understood that, oh, Edge of Extinction was awful, but like if Rick comes back the day after he goes, I don't, I mean, maybe that's what Julie's head is going to think, but I don't think so. I think you're probably right. It's just like that got a lot of focus. Um, I think, well, if you look at the scenario I just like laid out, it's like a really good way for like Rick to be like, oh, she's sympathetic. Like she is part of the reason I became such a like contender. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's stuff like that. So. Yeah. Like the thing is like, if this is the story of like how, um, like how Superman died, like Rick was the greatest and flew the highest and did the best, but didn't quite make it. I feel like Julie is probably the best shot after that. Like, I don't think Julie's beating Rick in a final three. Like, I don't think that's yeah. even a possibility. But if you look I, at everyone else, like Julie has characteristics of a losing finalist, but it feels like, like what has like Lauren done better than her? Like what has Gavin done? Like, mm-hmm. 
these people don't feel like bad matchups for her. I think I agree. Like, I don't know. Like, it, like is anyone mad at Julie? Like, hard to say. I feel like we haven't gotten many people being like, oh my god, Julie is being... Like, we don't have any of those Dawn scenes. Like, she's crying. Like, she just hasn't really, like, cried and been indecisive, really. She's been pretty decisive. Um, yeah. But then again, like, Chrissy Hoffback did not get too emotional or anything like that. And then at the end, she still got roasted for that anyway. Um, yeah, I think we're all just waiting for Julie to hit the final tribal council. We want to see who she's with and how the jury takes her. Yeah, it's almost annoying when, like, like I think this is the same with Triple H, where, like, like Chrissy was so obviously in the final three that, like, the debate just became, like, is Ben there or is Ben not there, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I sided with Ben's probably not there. Um, it's just annoying when it's, like, maybe not even annoying is the right word. Like, like I won't have, like, like, I feel like Julie is in the final three. So, like, I can't even rule her out, really, until she gets there, which is a frustrating because like she has a good enough edit to win but she also has a bad enough edit to be easily just be the next in the long line of older females who just didn't get any credit yeah so who knows it's uh it's a, it's a little frustrating though i do think that her narrative has been the best handled of everybody though like yeah and i would say i feel like we keep like hitting like for everyone like oh this was a bad episode for so and so like I feel like I've not hit that with Julie. Like, the closest thing was that Julia boot, where it was like, this was kind of bad, but you also couldn't show it, and it wasn't portrayed that negatively. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think Julie hasn't really had an episode that's been spun negatively against her at all. all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the worst episode's the Julia tribal, but, like, like that's always making air, like, no matter what. Yeah. Um, so, um it's hard to really fault that too much. Uh, so I guess, yeah, she probably like realistically, like maybe I talked, maybe I talked myself into a corner there with Gavin, but like Julie probably realistically is my number two. It's just, I just don't know after Rick, to be honest. Um, I think it's, it's a scary proposition proposition because like you're backing that older woman who for like 15 seasons, they keep making it and they keep losing. So like, yeah. And like seemingly no matter what, like if you're emotional, you lose. If you're too game body, you lose. If you're in the middle, you lose. Yeah. It, it seems like this demographic's almost impossible to win against unless it's like, like basically it's like Tina who won and then Denise. Yeah. But Denise was against two older people. Right. That's true. Yeah. So like, I believe Tina is like the only older woman to beat somebody who isn't older than her, right? Like, and how many freaking old? I guess like like okay, people always conflate Sandra in here. Sandra's like twenty nine when she won the first time. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think she counts. Um, and probably like thirty four the next time. Like, not quite. Um, yeah, it's just like not not a good demographic to win for as many times as it makes it to the end. Yeah, it's just sad. I don't know, like. Julie's probably my favorite. Julie's the, probably the one at this point that I want to win. Like, I'd love if Victoria won, but I don't even honestly think that's a realistic possibility at this point. <laughs> we'll Whereas I do her. do genuinely like Julie. I think her edits, when I think of the season, I think this is, oh, that's the one Julie was on, I think. is Yeah. What I'm going to think. I think we correctly called that, so I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it's probably just another losing finalist, which is very sad. Uh Hopefully it's not. I don't know. Hopefully she votes out Rick, I guess. Hopefully. Uh, next up, I think we have somebody who uh, 
has a very strange edit at this point. Um, <laughs> like one of my friends pointed out to me that every time she votes correctly, she says something about being warm, and every time she doesn't, she says that she's cold. Um, I'm sure that is intentional. Like I'm sure that is like a Easter egg that the editors are throwing in there, which oh. makes me think it doesn't matter at all. Like <laughs> that'd be interesting. Um. I like the comment that was like, Lauren O'Connell is either winning this game or dying of hypothermia. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I think the problem with Lauren is that you can just see the roast of her at Final Travel Council very easily. Like, even more than Julie. Like, like Julie, I can see losing at Final Tribal, but, like, I can't really see them be having anything against her other than, like, her demographic, basically, and, like, being too emotional. But, like, we don't really have the story threads there. Whereas with Lauren, we have multiple people being like, all she talks about is food. All her content is like, I'm cold, I'm warm, the fire's warm, uh, I want calories, like, uh, the rice makes me sick. You can just see the jury being like, and Lauren, you would never shut up about food. Like, you're the worst. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but I also see like, oh, Lauren really struggled with the conditions and she toughed it out. Like... She literally gave it her all at that one challenge and is still here at the final tribal council. I don't know. I mean, have you even, I mean, for me, I've also noticed a trend where she's come second in like every challenge and it's been mentioned. Um, and it seems like literally it's like every time she's right there and then something physical happens to her. She doesn't quite make it. Hmm. Like in this one, she just dropped her legs, just buckled. She fainted the other time. Like, I think that's how these things are being edited. Is like she's constantly coming second for some body reason. Like I guess like you have the Jeff Probst speech of like, no, you're a warrior. But like, I don't know. Maybe you're you, right. Well, the tricky thing is, so Lauren like copes with the survival part of it, great. But like, what is Lauren's strategic side of Final Tribal Council? Yeah. Like I get that she's probably playing like just as much as anyone else, but like. We're not getting presented that. And I can't imagine now even the jury being like, oh, look at all these moves Lauren kind of orchestrated. Like, it feels like she she feels very floaty. I agree. And granted, this episode was, I guess, pretty good for her. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, after her breakout last episode, she went back to uh, under-edited Lauren. So that's, that's it for her. Yeah, I mean, she did break out last episode. I mean, she's been visible the whole time, but yeah. But then, like, like she still has an idol. Like, mm -hmm. it's the final six. <laughs> seven, I guess. Um, I don't know, like... And then, like, she was... She did get to speak on the split vote. Like, this was a fine episode, I think, for her. Um, yeah. And, like, I'm more happy with a Lauren win in the current state of affairs. But, like, I don't really see it anymore than I did before. I'd honestly rather Rick win than Lauren um because huh. i think rick's played a bad game i think lauren's the only one who like i think you could argue has played worse really yeah it just like it feels like she really has had no agency whatsoever in this game like like at all okay like, well, rick has less but at least he has like the challenge wins and i think they're both like pretty bad like i think they're both pretty bad but i, I think, think that's rick just us being different on our philosophies because i think it's worse to be actively bad than like passively just okay eh, i mean rick rick wins if he makes the end i don't think i think lauren will struggle even in the end if she makes it and i think she, yeah 
also isn't well positioned to make it. So I think that's pretty bad for her. Um, mm-hmm. The best thing for her is that she has that idol, and she's still the only one who got like a really powerful idol scene. Yeah, but I'm thinking like last or next time's the last time she can play it, or does she get to no, play it after Edge of Extinction? Well, no, it would be she can play it. No, 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 no. She can definitely play it at least two tribals. Oh, up to final five. Yeah, because like it's okay. an idol, right? Like it, the only question for me is, can she play it? Like, like so, what? They're at six right now, right? Yeah. So obviously she can play it this round, and then they vote at one person, and then it's Edge of Extinction. Can she play it for two tribals? Like, can she play it for three tribals or two tribals? I think three tribals. I think it's probably three tribals too. Uh that's pretty good for her. Um. I think her biggest problem is that she really is literally getting the Kelly Wentworth Cambodia edit. And with the fire making, with her seemingly at this point being tied to survival skills, uh, I think that this might just be literally fourth place. Maybe, but I kind of feel like she wins it. Like, I'm still going to fall for that where it's like, oh, she's being shown to be good, so... I think this is the time where she wins, maybe. You think so? Wins the fire making. Oh, when fire making loses. Yeah, I think she's up against, like, Rick or possibly, like, Julie and loses against them. Or both. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not super high on her. Like, again, honestly, I have Rick with, like, 95% equity and then, like, praying for anything else. So, (laughs) like, I I think she could win. Like, I think it's a possibility. Um, I think the only person who can't win for sure is Aurora. Yeah. I probably like, like Aurora is not our winner, but like I put Lauren probably in the same tier as Victoria and Gavin, but below Julie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think she's, I don't even find her that interesting to be honest. Um, like quick, like get over it. The rice doesn't taste good. Like, <laughs> all right. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Like, if she wins, it, it, to me, it's the worst result. Like, the worst mm. result might be Rick just idling the whole way. But the second worst result is Lauren winning, I think, for me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if she gets voted out and then is the Edge Extinction Returnee. Eh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know, I guess Edge of Extinction Returnee is so up in the air at this point. It's yeah. Just like... Yeah, with them being invisible, like, who knows what that means? Like, guys look at mine. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, like, Lauren is, like, I do think her story has been actually very well handled, um, of, like, Kelly Wentworth replacement. Uh, I think at times it's been sloppy, but, like, overall, like, I'd, I'd give it, like, a, I'd give it, like, a seven. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I just would like to see some more agency in places. But if think. the story is, like, she lost because she didn't have that, hmm. I think it makes sense. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Um... I guess let's move here to our favorite, Rick Devins, um, who, you know, he had a kind of a quiet episode this episode, eh? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. um, he only narrated 95% of the episode. <laughs> like, um, didn't even get all the confessionals in the entire episode. Yeah. I'm, I just, in case it's not obvious, like, beyond sick of this human, um, like, Part of me wonders if he's been doing that, like, obnoxious, like, news reporter, confessional style the entire time, and they just, like, knew if they used it ever that the audience would hate him. Well, that's the thing. I think you go on any 
community and they're like very split down the middle on rick devins some people hate him some people love him for the character he is and it's like it's like who was that one character was it sebastian who told a oh no i'm thinking did sebastian like tell a joke all the time and like we only heard one i don't know i might be thinking because it happened in big brother uk where like one guy told a joke for his diary room every day and he ended up winning but they only showed the jokes like at the end of the season yeah because it would have been oppressive yeah right like i think that's probably what it is like they save the uh, news reporter gimmick till the end um but i honestly i wonder if he's sort of just like getting caught up in himself a little because it feels like it's really ramping into high gear here or he just like poses after he finds the idol and like or the idol clue um and yeah his news reports he just feels like he knows he's like the big character and is like yep. milking it. And I do think that there is something very interesting here. So I rewatched the premiere and he just like his opening confessional is actually really, really good and a pretty good reflection of his game. Like his opening confessional is something along the lines of like, you know what? I want to come in here like the Kool-Aid man. Like, oh yeah. Like I want to just break in and like break down the door not be like not be scared of what i say i want to do things my way or the highway kind of thing like that's basically what he says mm-hmm. which like in the moment we were like oh that could spell danger but like if you are looking for somebody to go on that like ben Dreebergen style run like that mike holloway style run more accurately i think mike holloway's opening confessionals were that you know what i mean like he eats yeah. the scorpion and he's like you know what maybe that wasn't the smartest thing in the entire world but uh like you know, I'm a blue collar and I'm going to fight and work harder than everybody else, no matter what. Like, um, I just like, he literally summarized his game with that opening confessional. Um, if you look at his edric bar, like it does look like recent winners with like mostly CP, but with some breaks, uh, that at this point I think is what you should look for. Um, constantly visible, pretty narrow, pretty consistent narrative. It's just his narrative is kind of being obnoxious. But he said he wanted to play that way. He wanted to play with no regrets. And then even when he did mess up, he, I guess, burned too bright. He comes back in and he said, yeah, my last game was about other people. Not what his intro confessional said. But now it's like, now I want to play with all the chips on the table. Like, I'm playing for me. You got to ref- like reframe the narrative again. I don't know. I think really, really good for Rick Devins. Hmm. I think he can still get all that, though. And it's just... A result of the big character he has to be throughout this merge. And like, okay, a huge part of me is hoping he just goes home. Like, please go away, Rick Evans. But like, if that happens, like, this still all makes sense, I think. Like, if Rick is sort of your big character that carries this part of the season, and maybe you want to be like, wow, this character was so great. Don't you wish he won? Like, have him really stand out against all these other people. And then, but yeah, he still goes. Like, it really feels like a Mike or a Ben, but also like a Christian, I think, still. Like, I know you predicted Ron would be the Christian, and then he went home, so, like... But I still think Rick could be that Christian. I mean, I think the difference is that, like, Christian had an OTT premiere. Like, it was over the top. It was literally, like, look at the guy, like, talk nonstop forever. It was just, he was so likable. I think they're not... I still maintain that they really are not that similar, other than that they're fan favorites and are going to get content. Like, I think that's what compares them, but, like, hmm. I, the edit isn't similar. Like, like 
Christian got content that was just he got so much content and like half of it was amazing but half of it was really bad like like it just he got so much that I was like okay maybe they are just crowning their favorite winner ever Rick's not going to be their favorite winner ever I don't think you can even give that excuse there I think this is just a just a crafted edit like there's no re- like there's no real bad parts like I don't I don't know I don't feel like Christians was that bad and like I mean, even if it was I think Rick has bad parts too like but I think bad in a different way I think multiple times the uh, survivor edit gave Christian excuses for not winning like he never really talked about like winning uh for one uh two again his premiere was literally like talking about the slide puzzle with like a time lapse footage right like three like his story ended like weirdly in the middle of the merge where it was like you know what i'm a goliath now i'm no longer a david i was the davidest of the davids but now i'm not like you could just tell they were doing everything they possibly could to give christian content like no matter what um but they also weren't afraid to make him a character like just a character right like the slide puzzle nerd or uh slam town guy like like they were going to him for funny jokes and like entertainment value whereas like think you don't think they're doing that with Rick now with the newscast? But that was strategic content and surrounded by strategic content, right? Like, sure, the news report thing was funny, but like that was after, literally after, while everybody else was sleeping, I was working hard. Oh yeah, like hmm. I don't think they really are that similar. Um, like if anything, this is what I don't know. I just like I think this is more like like a Cochrane edit. Like that it is like a Christian edit. Um we're just like like how good he is and like it really isn't that much like Ben at all. Uh if you actually look at the actual framing. Sure. Like he's getting a lot of comparisons there, but I don't think that's accurate. Well, I think um, a lot of people are comparing because Rick's way to the end is also how yes. Ben won. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like like their path to the end is the same. But like, uh, like oh, yeah. a d- discussion on our ed- our edic this week was actually pretty good. Of like, like gameplay analysis does not really matter in edic, right? Like, I think Rick's a terrible survivor player. He got voted out pre-merge, and if it wasn't for like kind of some flukes, he also leaves pre like mid-merge anyway. Like, I don't think he's a particularly capable survivor player. Um, yeah, I mean, he did get a little unlucky, whatever, whatever. Um, I think the thing is gameplay-wise, he's probably very similar to Ben, but. Like would have left on the swap tribe, uh, like kind of hid for a little bit at the early merge, and then just giant run. If if they were to win, that's what I think. But edit wise, like Ben was way quieter. Like and like Christian was OTT way more. Like looking at Rick's uh, edic bar right now, he's never once over the top. Like yeah, he's complex or he's middle would- road. I would say there's been some content that's got there, though. But it's also surrounded, like, any episode where there is that kind of over-the-topness, it's surrounded by content that ne- isn't necessarily. I, I, I guess you could sure. argue that that one episode was over-the-top negative. I think I maintain it wasn't. It was probably more Miller Road negative. Um, but, like, he never he's never a char- just a character, right? Like, he's never just, like, goofy dude, um, which other people that like the Christians of the world are that way. Um, they maintain that he's a player. He's there to win. Like he's the Kool-Aid man. Like even that Kool-Aid man confessional, like I have it right here. Um, he says, um, I'm so excited because I'm a huge fan of the show. I've watched it since the very first episode. Uh, no one thinks news anchors are tough. I've got a dad bought out here. That's goofy stuff. Uh, but it's also informing you that he's a huge fan. 
Um, but I've got a lot of belief in myself. I want to come in the game like the Kool-Aid man. I want to break through the wall. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a goofy confessional. But it also tells you he's a huge fan of the game, um, that he believes in himself more than anything, um, like, that he will... He's tougher than he looks. Like, it's not just, like... Like, they easily could have just done the... Like, I feel like if he doesn't win, what airs is... Um, I've got dad bought it here, but I've got a belief in myself. I want to come in the game like a Kool-Aid man. I want to break the wall. Oh, yeah, that's all that gets aired. I don't think the rest gets aired if he doesn't win. Hmm. I don't know, because then, like, how does that compare to, like, other people who've gotten fan content? Like, Gavin and Victoria, like, they alone can't both win. I know they're very different, but they all got fan, like, super fan content in the premiere, so it's like... No, 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 and obviously, like, not every super fan wins, like, the ridiculous i think what i'm more saying is like rick and they never let rick just be a character you know what i mean like okay, yeah like yeah, it's that. not like he's like what i'm saying is like i think and i think if you're just the survivor editor and you're just neutrally doing things and you're like okay rick's a goofy character and he's gonna do goofy things um you you ignore that part you just say i want to come in the game like the cool Ed man basically and have him say that and it's like aha funny one-liner very mm-hmm. similar to victoria's one-liner where she was just like, I had a survivor buff from Santa. <laughs> like, she, there was almost definitely a preamble before then of like, you know, I love Survivor more than anybody, but, um, and in fact, when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. I think they cut this, a lot of these, uh, like, kind of excuses there, uh, or not excuses, but like additional qualifications. Um, I think you see that a lot. Like, I think they're never willing to just have him be just goofy in an episode. He's always doing something. Like, even like the map episode on, Edge of Extinction, it's like, um, he makes a goofy move by he accidentally tells them how it folds, but he's like, you know what, I told them that, but I'm never going to do that again. From now on, I'm playing for me. Like, every time it's, like, wrapped in complex content. Um, I think that's the biggest sign for him, honestly, is a... Because this guy goes over the top, naturally, I think. Yeah. Like, even Ben went, like, hard over the top negative multiple times. Like, an over the top positive, and Rick's not. He's consistent and i think that's really 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 good for his archetype and that's why i think like never mind the fact that he hits every theme um like i guess the number one thing is that they could be like he could be david wright like that's the only thing really but in millennials versus gen x i mean um yeah yeah but david wright like again to re talk about millennials versus gen x started with an over-the-top premiere christian started with an over-the-top premiere rick didn't I think that's the difference. Mm. They were willing to say, look, David's a paranoid, schizoph- like like crazy person, um, episode one. And then from then on, he was regular David Wright, who was a game bot, who was like a very capable player. Um, Christian, same way. It, Rick, they weren't willing to do that. They were giving him strategic content from the start. I think, I mean, it's been a long time and I haven't rewatched the premiere, but I don't have Rick as a contender episode one. And like, I think it was, there was something there that just didn't, add up we didn't like okay so the the bad part is that he's like isolates wendy like his second confessional is the one that a lot of people i think were like including us were a little bothered by he says we started as a bit one big happy family and we're still a big happy family but just naturally keith reem and wendy started doing their own thing and we saw that keith wasn't a great swimmer um reem's a busybody, so it's been really helpful for the rest of the, the tribe because we're just sitting there going wow those three divided themselves and those three might be the three we wanted to vote anyway so okay keep dividing yourself which I think just shows he's kind of obnoxious. And he's going to be a lone person. Like, his tribe does suck. Like, I think that's excusable. Mm. But it does make him look bad at the start. I don't know. I'm looking for every reason to not 
like Rick. Like, I don't know if we've, like, because we talked about how it's easy to see as a fan that Rick isn't a good player, but I think even the show has done things to show where Rick isn't the best player. I agree. But I think they did that with Ben. Ben, you're steamrolling people. Um, I think Ben not realizing he was going to get voted out of Yawa. um, It definitely wasn't Yawa, was it? Yeah, I think it might have been. I don't know. Whatever his top try was. Um, Because Yawa was like the Jewish god, right? I don't know. Um, I don't... You're saying he's going to get voted out of there, and I don't remember that. So that's what I was focusing on. Dr. Um, Dr. Mike said that. uh, like he was like, yeah, we're gonna target Ben, and then Ben was like, oh, I love Lauren, and I hope that me and her can win this or whatever. I don't, um, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch that, but I think it quickly turned into Mike flipping with yes, Lauren and Ben. You're, you're right. So. You're right about that. But like, like Ben steamrolling, Ben like making the secret agent play and it backfiring. Like, like he, he was constantly undermined by Chrissy. Um, but it just didn't matter uh nick right like nick's childish and freaks out for no reason over like davy leaving or carl leaving like and and davy leaving actually um like i think at this adam like i feel like at this point it's just like they don't they're fine with showing their winners have flaws tony the entirety of tony yeah if anything rick sort of feels like a tony now with like ott content swaddled in strategy I mean, I think people are comparing him to Ben. He's he's Mike. He's literally Mike. Like, Mike got the same thing. Like, Mike literally got, like, roasting episodes of him. Like, the the letters. Like, like refusing to give the letters. He got, like, CP content about that. Like, I think that's what it is. I think he's Mike. I don't think he's the others. Um, He's honestly a little bit less over-the-top Mike. So, like, Mike's opening, like, a lot of his content in worlds apart was literally like he's bossy and like is a horrible leader why because he was a lone wolf like they didn't have to establish him as a um great team player so they didn't they showed him like a kind of a dick and he still won and he still had the fans loving him and jeff's favorite winner for a while and you know what i mean like i think they i think they are 100 percent okay with showing their weak sides uh they showed jenna wanting to quit in season six like they showed jenna like all the time being bad, right? Like, I don't think it's a recent trend that they're willing to hide them or, like, show negative qualities. Like, I think they just are as long as they're balanced. Uh, I think, I don't know. It's just, like, with Rick, like, yes. The edit has made it so, so clear that if Rick gets to the end, Rick wins. And now it's just this thing of, will Rick get voted out before the end? Yeah. So I think, basically, I'm saying, and comparing, like, people's edits who it's weird because julie's my other contender so it's like julie i feel is guaranteed to make it to the end but does her edit back her up a win whereas rick's edit backs up a win but is he making it to the end yeah like i agree like this could easily be like why rick came eighth place or i mean it can't anymore because he's seventh now but um why rick came fifth place or whatever Anyone left in the game can still be 16th place. That's also true. If he <laughs> leaves and quits. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, You're right. Like, This could be why he should have won. I just don't think it is. Because I don't think yeah. anybody else honestly has like the goods to really replace him. But I guess my point is that it's like comparing like apples to oranges almost. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, 100% is it. It's literally like, is an apple winning? 
<laughs> when part of that is I really don't like Rick. I don't like what he's doing. He called out my girl Julie for no reason. Like that's why I'm a little like leaning Yeah, like he seems me. just like a dick. Like he really just seems like a dick. And he's like, like not good. Like during the bag searching scene, like he asks Aurora, he's like, Did you find anything good? And Aurora's like, Nope. And then he's like, well, you didn't look hard enough. And I'm like, that's such a bad thing to say. Like, don't encourage them that you might have something. Like, And then, like, to the group, he's just like, uh, anyone else find it awkward that are, like, <laughs> just horrible. Like, it's horrible. Unsubtle. And, like, everyone is in on it. Like, Lauren. Like, yeah. an underrated thing is how they showed, like, Lauren just, like, pushing Aurora to do it. Yeah. And, like, then Lauren takes none of the heat for it. So. Yeah, like. I think my problem, though, is, like, rewatching this premiere, like, it backs up his story as, like, an obnoxious but capable player. Like, mm. like from the start, he's like, yeah, this is who I am. Uh, get over it, you know what I mean? And, like, I mean, I'm looking at your chart right now. You have Rick as your number five in episode two. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I guess my, like, premiere point was, like, why didn't I see it then? Like, I think there were just so many. And actually, the premiere was so comma-heavy. Your entire list is comma people. Wendy is not a comma. Oh, Wendy too. But yeah, <laughs> like, it was such a comma-heavy premiere that... Um... But no, it wasn't comma-heavy, because if you look at those ratings... This is great podcasting. We're looking at a chart you guys can't see. But um... No, no, okay, but like, the premiere was literally just like, all comma content, and then immunity, and then... Uh... Like, it was more like they were way more, de- like, developed because they end up not going, so they have to develop these characters. Um, eh, like, but, like, I think we looked at Manu and was like, yeah, they got a lot of content, but they all seem, like, negative slightly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, I think that's something worthwhile is that despite... Because most of them have, like, more visible ratings, if not, like, mores compared to UTRs. And I think... Despite all that, we still sort of scouted out commas in the premiere. Yeah, they were way more complex. I mean, (sighs) my thing is, like, I think, like, for me, all game I was analyzing this is, like, okay, this is obviously a comma-dominated endgame because of that premiere. I just, I guess, I took that too far initially and was like, okay, so the winner definitely comes from comma because I feel like, like, the comma six is almost definitely mostly intact at, like, endgame. And that ended up being true. Um, like really, on like Eric was the merge was the second merge boot, right? No, well yeah, after that, Eric, Eric was the first to go, and then Julia went, and then they survived until Ron going here. So yeah, so it just like it's like this kind of weird like like we were right, like comma did dominate, like that comma six was crucial. It was just um, I feel like we didn't anticipate. Oh, it's gonna be. Like ten comma versus Rick, you know what I mean? And Lauren, um, don't forget Lauren. Oh, and Lauren, yeah. <laughs> forget Lauren. She's there, she's cold sometimes. She is. Uh, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I really do think that this is Rick's game to lose, and that makes me sad. We've talked a ton about him, just yeah. like the episode. Yeah, I mean, that's what you gotta expect. Um, let's just f- finish up here with Victoria. Who, Sophie Clark. Yeah, Sophie Clark. A lot of people are saying this on the internet. She's rising again. Um, I hope they're right. Like I, <laughs> straight. <laughs> like if if like I would pay to be wrong right now. Um, like Victoria deserves it. She's clearly the best player on this cast. Like I think no question. Uh, she's really smart. She knows what to do. She's very captivating television. 
Why the heck did she disappear for the entire merge? She still hasn't got a vote against her. Mm-hmm. The only and one, like, I think. Gavin might not have won. Oh, yeah, Gavin might not. But, and did Julie get a vote against her at some point? Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but... But still, Victoria's really impressive. But she's been on the right side of the vote every time. No one else can say that. Um. Well, I mean, technically she voted for... Well, she voted the majority, I think that counts. That's true. And and she came up with the split plan. Like, I would say that (laughs) this definitely counts. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I do not need to argue against this. I'm still in, like, Rick mode. But, no, Victoria is probably the best person here. Probably. We're not seeing it. Yeah, we're not seeing it. But, like, I feel like we are seeing it. Like, every episode we at least get a confessional from Victoria being like, hey, this is what I think's happening and then that happens. Like, she is our only reliable narrator, I think. Um, like, every time she said something's going to happen, it's happened. Um, mm-hmm. and she's done it. So we even hear her, like, when it's a bad plan. And, like, the episode's editing is a bad plan. She'll even say it's a bad plan. Um, so, like, they're protecting her. I guess I do see the argument for her still. And, like, her yeah. pre- pre-merge was pretty good. It's just, she lit- from episode 8 to 12, she's not there. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and that confessional thing. She, I think, has only missed one episode with no confessional. Mm-hmm. Like, and you have some other people who have missed several episodes. Like Gavin, Julie, and Lauren, who are all also looking at, have all missed like three episodes with out a confessional. So I just, why not give her more? Why not like better tell the story better of how well she's doing despite all these other forces going on? Yeah, it's just. It could much more be Victoria's story, and it's not. But I mean, I don't think, like, I don't know, like, like you do sometimes see winners kind of fall off. The famous one's probably Denise. Like, Denise was super visible pre-merge and then kind of vanished at the merge for a little bit. Um, I don't think it's as bad as this. But, like, like Victoria, honestly, in some episodes didn't comment until, like, the last confessional of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty bad. Um, but, like... The foundation is there. Like, it really is there for her mm-hmm. to turn this around. And, like, I think people forget, like, like Sophie really did not get much until right before the end. And then it was, like, a huge breakout. Um, like, Victoria is more visible than Sophie is by a decent margin, even in this current iteration. Um, which is good, but I also think it's a new era survivor where they, like, like Sophie said it was not well received, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's a coach here, so... And I feel like Sophie, I don't know if she purposefully did it, but she wasn't as, like, forthcoming and confessionals, like, maybe less charismatic. Like, I love Sophie, but, like, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And I think Victoria, we've marked on how well-spoken she is. Um, obviously, like, a great strategist. It's like, why, why not bring them out more? Yeah, and there's, like, some random things that just don't make sense to include, like, her being seen, like, talking to Ron, like, yeah. or, like, talking about Joe, like, it literally did not matter at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, like, there's just stuff that, like, isn't camera gold that got included that was negative about her that, like, almost seems like they're trying to make her look a little bad, um, which I just don't think they do, like. yeah. Because I think it almost feels fabricated. Like, Joe's confessional that was supposed to be like, <gasps> catching Victoria, reminder, did not mention it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, like did not mention that instance. So he didn't even notice. But it was like this awful moment for Victoria. Um, so, like, I don't know. I guess, like, like she has some win equity, I think. It, and I'd love for it to be the case. 
It's almost but, as if she's like a losing finalist and they're trying their hardest to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Because if she is a losing finalist, the jury really messed up. And I think that's a likely possibility against Rick. I agree. Like, I don't know about you, but I personally think it's totally in the realm of possibility that what we see is like, maybe this is Aubrey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is Aubrey, but they don't want blowback. And like, it's not against Michelle, it's against some someone producers love. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. Um, yeah, like it really does. I think you're right. Like, it does feel like they don't know. Like, kind of feels like they don't know why she lost. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is probably the best point in her favor is like aurora is gonna get voted out or be a losing finalist because she failed to make connections gavin uh too good of a story julie too emotional lauren um i guess she didn't do enough and like talks too much about food and all that like all these people have reasons to kind of get voted out or be a losing finalist and i think you can see it victoria doesn't yeah like with so if we're looking at a final tribal council where it's probably rick julie victoria julie's okay like we get why she's losing um but if rick beats victoria like it makes sense to show the jury like hardcore standing rick here because like Mm -hmm. oh the jury just always loved rick so like yeah and like victoria just couldn't get him out like yeah well no it's not that it's just like i don't even know if it is i think it's just like there was no way anyone but rick could win once he made it to the end yeah, like that very well could be like why Victoria could have won but didn't. Um, easily could be this because you're right. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like it seems like they have no idea why she lost, uh, and it's it's kind of astonishing, really. Like I feel like this is their best character and they're scared to use her. But yeah, like I feel like who that the scenario I've dreamed up where like Rick beats Victoria in the final three is just like yeah, I can't with that. Like please I'm don't. <laughs> I guess there's Rick's just not negative enough. Like. I know, like, a lot of people, even in South Pacific, like, I remember, like, like Coach was, a, like, a edgic favorite then. Yeah. Um, But, like, he was, like, negative the entire season. You know what I mean? Like, he, like Rick's not. Like, um, I don't yeah. think there really has been a, like, like a Sophie-style winner against somebody who isn't super negative. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, like, the best example would be Michelle. Yeah, Michelle would be. But, like, I don't think Rick's Aubrey. Like at all, I think he's the opposite. And I don't think Rick's more Michelle, like less capable of a player, but mm-hmm. better at performing to the jury. So yeah, I just don't see like in the same way Michelle versus Aubrey played out, like Victoria's strengths versus Rick's strengths. Yeah, because they just like don't tell us Victoria's strengths. They like showed us it in the Aubrey boot, and then from then on, we're just in at the rocks, the fake rocks tribal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from then on, basically, just she has no qualities at all. She's uh, she, that's she's just there, okay? Like, mm-hmm. so I guess talking through this, I feel like she is the most likely third person there with Rick and Julie, and it's just like this awkward final travel council loser story. And we've been comparing her to Ryan a lot this season, and maybe she literally is Ryan. Like, yeah. would have won if not for this twist. Because like, let's build it backwards. Like at the final four, Rick wins, takes victoria because he sees cases for both julie and lauren and yeah julie versus lauren lauren or lauren loses yep uh final five gavin too much of a story threat or whatever final six edge of extinction person second final six aurora because she's weird (laughs) you know what i mean i think that's making a lot of sense um and you can't see rick picking victoria 
Or even Julie wins it, picks Victoria. Eh, I don't think it's going to be Rick and Lauren, but if it was, that would be very tilting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I think she probably is a losing finalist. Huh. That makes me very sad. Like, that's that'd just be, so sad. That'd be incredibly sad. Like, please let Victoria get voted out. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, I'm really, like, let her be the fire loser, right? Like, that'd be weird. We've seen, like, for all the times we've seen, like, Aurora and Lauren and Julia associated with survival, like, Victoria, like, not. Yeah, like, she might as well be from the studio, because she also, like, doesn't talk to people that much either. So, um, <laughs> she might as well be green screened in. So, yeah, yeah I guess, I guess we're kind of on the same page with Victoria, and that's kind of sad. Um, yeah, honestly, I would do Rick, Julie, Victoria for winter contenders. Um, because I guess there's a small chance that if Rick's not there, that it's like Victoria's the one who killed him or whatever. Rick trusts her wrongly, hopefully. Like, that's the ideal story, right? Like, Rick goes home because he trusts Victoria. That pops the, like, don't trust me, bro story. Um, right? Like, that's the ideal. Ideal for, like, Rick going home? For Victoria winning and Rick losing. Like, Victoria's the only one I think built up at this point to, like, rival Rick in terms of, like, strategy. I know, like, Rick actually is not a great strategist, but I think, like, yeah, canon-wise, like, I think Victoria's the only one who even has, like, a formidable outsmarting ability to Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's that's the best-case scenario, to be honest. I don't know. Who's leaving next week, Joe? We gotta talk about Ron. Oh, I can't shoot. believe we forgot Ron Clark. Rip- I-, I assumed we talked about him earlier. Uh, yeah, Ron <laughs> Clark died. What a sad story. Um, what a sad the Ron Clark story. <laughs> We were right about the advantage menu, keeping him protected. He did have plot armor. Um, it did run out immediately, but he did have <laughs> it, so <laughs> pat on the back. Um, he was so fun in this episode. Like, yeah. he's the he's the greatest. He's a very good character for this season. Like, we were kind of scared early on, like, when he got uh, low visibility early pre-merge. We were like, eh, he's just a weird background character. But then he came back and wormed his way into our hearts into our winner contender lists um and yeah now he's gone doubt he's coming back from edge of extinction no chance no chance but yeah here we are yeah he was a he was a great story like he's a great narrator he's weird as heck um loves comma loves yella uh not a lot to say about him though because like he really is not coming back um I, I really liked seeing the scenes. Like, he has a great mind for the game. Like, he's a very creative player. Like, he's easily the most creative player of this cast. Um, I think him and him and Victoria, I think, are the two best players of this cast. Um, mm. And just because he has, like, a, a level of creativity that most people don't have. Like, was some of it unnecessary? Maybe. But, like, I think the foresight to be like, okay, well, if I pick Gavin, this clearly means a lot to him. That's a great gift. Um, maybe that will pay off. It didn't, but, like, I think it actually put some pause on Ron Clark here. Like, I don't know. Like, he, he's a clever player. He's very smart. Um, yeah. I think he's always actively thinking about it. I think he can get himself into bad situations pretty quick. Yeah. But he didn't see the Eric boot coming. That sort of made him a target from there on out. Like, But he got himself back in a good spot, right? Like, like he did leave here on an idle split vote from the minority, like, pretty out there move, right? Like, yeah, but, like... What's he going to be next? Yeah, that's possible. I don't know, because it almost becomes this weird, like, oh, can I anticipate the other group rallying <laughs> against me so I should stack up votes on someone who's not Rick? Like, I agree with that. But then you're just like, what if Rick doesn't play his idol and you've, like... 
really done it then, haven't you? So. Yep. <laughs> okay. I don't know. He's a great dude, though. Uh, but I don't really have much to say. Like, his story was good. It worked. Uh, I think this was an excellent payoff where he's just like, the best moment of my entire life was talking to my husband and talking about all the people I lied to. And, like, that was really, really cute. Um, like, like this heroic, almost, send-off for a villain. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, um, it's very, like, Thanos at the end of Infinity War. Like, Wow, spoilers. I mean, this is the one I'm allowed to spoil, right? Like, where he's just sitting there I on the farm. So. I don't know. I don't yeah. care. Like, he's sitting there, like, I mean, I'm talking <laughs> about the comic book from the 90s. Um, sure. He's sitting there on his farm, and he's just like, wow, the, the cornfield is sure is beautiful. Like, and then it's, like, then he gets swiftly, like, like killed or whatever uh, in this Ron Clark version. Um, does, wait, does that really happen in the comic book? Well, he's sitting there watching the cornfield, not the swiftly murdered thing. Um... But like it, it, like that part was where he's just sitting there like lounging with his uh, with and he's like looking at the cornfield, uh, looking at the the lies he's made, the seeds he's planted, and he's like, hey, you know what, nothing gets better than this. And then from then on, it's his downfall. But like the sweet tender moment of like a villain twirling his mustache was sure. an amazing send off. Yeah. Like that's like that's like the like the the villains riding off into the sunset. Yeah, especially it's nice when Survivor has some trouble, I feel, constructing villains at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, they really want to show people's positive side, which, like, they did, like they still did with Rick, but a lot of it was how schemey he was. And, like, when they were like, oh, yeah, I did all this, and now it's my time to go, so. Yep. Like, I think that's the thing is, like, it, it's hard. I think sometimes they have a hard time being, like, this guy's a villain, but he's not a bad person. Whereas I think they did, pulled it off very successfully with Ron Clark. Like it's like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. schemy, but he's he's a good guy, and he knows it's just a game. Um, yeah. I think they handled that very well. Um, so farewell, Ron Clark. Uh, you're my hero. Uh, you have the best confessionals, and you rock. He made a school. He did make a school. I would go to the school. Like I don't know, he's <laughs> good, good dude. Um, so I guess that brings us here to uh, Joe. Who do you think is gonna get voted out? Rick Devin. If it's I actually thinking. I'm gonna side with you here. It's gonna be Rick Devins, and he's gonna come back from Edge of Extinction. Oh, well, I, I, I was, think. Uh, I think I the invisible like, here is damning to all those people coming back. I think the next time on could very much be him having a locky moment where it's like, "Oh, I'm saved! Like I'm scrambling around. I've got something up my sleeve, but it's actually nothing." And I Michelle agree. Dugan wins immunity in a car and sends him home. See, I agree, except for I think that it's like, well, what happens if then? There's a redemption challenge, and he comes back. So I think Rick Devins gets voted out next episode. I just, I'm also gonna uh, annotate that with he's also gonna come back at the start mm. of the next finale. I think if it's not Rick, if he somehow saves himself, let's send. I think Aurora, Aurora finally. Yeah. <laughs> it's her time. She's proved she's she can be good, but yep, it's time for she's given up that vote. Like I think it would be her. Yeah. So and I think Victoria actually makes more sense as a losing finalist. Yeah. So she's replaced from that fourth place. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Anyways, that's our show. Uh, farewell. You can contact us at thewinneredit at gmail.com. Uh, new episode on Sundays, probably this week, or I don't know. I might post it later. Uh, share on our Survivor, our Edgic. You've probably seen it there. Review us on iTunes. Uh, check the show notes. Follow me on Twitter at DannyKillsBees. Thanks for a great show. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Peace out, peace out. Get out of here, Craig. <laughs> Sweet.